Welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Algeman. Data is everywhere in our businesses, and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. Today, we welcome Jeff Bermant. Jeff is the founder of Virtual World Computing and the creator of Cocoon My Data Rewards, which helps users sell their online data easily and anonymously. We're going to have some fun digging into data monetization and a bunch of related topics today. So, Jeff, welcome to Data Leadership Lessons. Thanks, Anthony. I'm uh, pleased to be here. It's a pleasure to meet you, and I know you're out of Chicago, so uh, that's a great spot. Yeah, no, we're, we're, I'm thrilled. I, this topic is really interesting to me, so I can't wait to get into it. But let's start, like we often do with our first-time guests, um, take a moment and just give us kind of your background, your your career story, and how you ended up becoming a pioneer in this in this space in in data monetization. My wife likes to say that I'm a genius, but she doesn't say it the way I'm thinking. She says it a different way, like you're some genius. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I know that. I know. I get told yeah. that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're some genius. So, so uh, my 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 background is actually out of New York. I um, grew up. Uh, until I was about 16 or 17, and then I came out to California. Mm. And I was lucky enough to go to USC. I played tennis there. I was what, what I want to consider one of the great bench sitters of all times. Uh, <laughs> didn't get to play much, but then we had the best nationally ranked team in the country. So, mm. you know, it's tough to play. Uh, I got into real estate, which was uh, my family's business. And um, I did that for six or seven years. I actually worked for Tom Selleck's dad, Bob Selleck. Oh. So I knew the movie star himself, not very well, but I knew his brother better. And of course, his dad was my mentor. And so I learned a lot of valuable lessons out of working in the real estate business. And then I went and decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But back when that entrepreneur started, I wanted to be a real estate developer. And so I got into building office buildings and uh some some residential, but mostly office and in warehouse buildings. Hmm. And then uh, about 10 years ago, um, I started to think about what was going on in the web and thinking all these terrible things that were kind of going on, you know, malware, viruses, being followed around the web. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, well, maybe there's something we could do there. So um, I, I hired or, or actually co-founded with a, another gentleman, uh, a company, the Virtual World Computing, and the reason why it was called Virtual World Computing was because the browser that we built, it's a very interesting browser, was one that it doesn't sit on your computer. It sits in the cloud. And therefore, it's really not, it's really virtual. I mean, truly virtual where when you're end of your session, there's nothing on your computer. There never was anything on your computer. It's like being in a dump terminal. And so we built that and launched that and fooled around with that for seven or eight years. And then finally came to this idea that that since I knew so much about browsing and building a browser, that uh, and, and I, I have to say I love the tech industry. The tech industry uh, is very complicated and it's mysterious and um, it's it's really kind of gratifying to figure things out. And so we got into the figuring out how we could monetize people's data for them. So that's the that's the short of it in two minutes. Right. So it, it, and it's interesting because you talk about this uh, notion of, of data profit sharing. Can you give us a, a definition of what, what is data profit sharing and how, how can I get in on that business? Cause I, I like profit sharing. 
Yeah, and, and I here here's what it dawned on me about two years ago. You know, being in the tech industry, and you know, I'm the, as I said, I'm no genius. My my actually, my son said something to me about data, and he, you know, he said, "Dad, there's all this talk about going on about data," and I was thinking to myself. So where is all this data going and who's collecting and how much money they're making? And so I'm a research type of guy, dove into the subject matter and realized it's not billions. It's probably a trillion dollars of data that's being, um, you know, being traded, sold. Some people, some companies like Google, they they don't actually sell the data. They use it and they they actually inform a a, a advertiser Mm -hmm. what you're interested in and then they get paid on their advertising. And, and literally, I think it's four to $500 billion from Google alone makes on your data, whether it's search or it's uh, browsing data or other data that they collect, music, location data. And so it, it dawned on me, like, well, why aren't we getting to share in that data? What's wrong with us? Why don't we get uh, get paid for it? And then I started reading, I was spurred on by Andrew Yang's dividend, data dividend project, and thought, you know, gosh, we really need to invent something that helps people monetize their data and get paid for it. Because you're just giving all this data away for free. I mean, you're not getting paid for it. You're not even thinking about it. They've kind of hoodwinked you in a way saying, hey, I'll give you something free. But, you know, in our industry, as you know, if it's free, then you're probably the product. And so, right? Yeah. Well, and and it's interesting because there's so many like the the most successful businesses out there seem to be the ones that are doing this, right? You see your Facebooks and your Googles, and like clearly we knew that this is some somehow tied into their business model, but I don't know that people realize like just how deep it goes. Now, I imagine uh, that there has to be some sort of estimate out there or a range of estimates in terms of what what is an individual's data actually worth in terms of insights and advertising revenue and, and all of that is can you talk about what what are those economics like how much are we talking about in, at an individual level as relevant to a person so we've had estimates as high as six thousand dollars and I would say that's a holistic so that's everything. Mm-hmm. That's your dishwasher working, that's your phone working, that's your being on the internet. It's just about everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. I would say it's higher in the United States. I've heard estimates that um, Google is as much as $400 uh, alone just for your search and your browsing data. Um, and that may be Facebook. I'm not sure which one's which. I think they, Facebook's a little less, maybe $100 a year. So all these collected makes between four to six thousand dollars it's a lot of money yeah now we'll never be able to collect all that i doubt it although there are some uh, some visionaries that say yeah someday you'll get all this data i'm not sure that's really going to happen but what if we could just get a sliver of that i mean what why don't why shouldn't we get something mm-hmm. and i'm kind of the i consider myself less of a technologist than a crusader i'm i'm all about we should be being paid for our data yeah even if it's a small sliver, I think, well, that we should. And and I took it upon myself to try and figure out, well, how do we do that and make a profit? Because if I just paid everybody all the money that I could, you know, I, we'd stop working. We've yeah. got to make a profit at the same time. So we figured out, a, I think, a, a great 
uh, way of doing it where people get paid most of the money. We take a smaller amount over time as we grow. We'll probably take a smaller and smaller amount because really my goal is to get as much money as I can into people's pockets. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that because I think there's a there's a lot of kind of big abstracted things that we'll, we can circle back to. But I want to understand sure. how how does your business actually function? Like what is it that you offer, and how does an individual uh, benefit from working with you? Sure. So you know what we built. We first first of all we tested a desktop because mm-hmm. I wanted to see. Uh, and the first thing I had to do is this seems to be uh, sort of a difficult task to do. Because you got to find someone who's willing to buy that data from you. Mm-hmm. And if you're very small, like we are, uh, most people would say, you know, you got 10 people or you got 1,000 people. We don't want to buy that data. That's not worth anything to us. Mm-hmm. So you had to find a partner, which I was lucky enough to do, who's very interested and they wanted to test it and they're buyers of data. Mm-hmm. So what we started with was a desktop. And you can download the desktop. And the desktop is really helter-skelter. I'm, I'm trying not to encourage people to go get it. I hate to say that. But because it's so random the way they pay us, uh-huh. it, and I, I know so little the way they're paying us, that to me, it's it's we moved on to mobile mm-hmm. where we can get a much better handle on how to get paid and how much we can pay you. So the things that we're focused in on right now, and there will be a lot of plays in the future, we might be able to tackle. But right now, it's location data. So as you move around, that's that's valuable data. Mm-hmm. And then your surfing data, your browsing data. Those are the two particular. Now, there's medical data. We don't touch that. There's financial data. And that's what picks up that whole picture of you, mm. which, you know, we don't touch a lot of that. We, we do the more mundane stuff, the stuff that I would say, that's not going to harm you, mm-hmm. right? And, and And believe me, it's very rare that this data does come to harm you. I mean, I think in your own lifetime, how many times has all this data floating around actually harmed you in some way? It may, it may feel unpleasant, like, wow, they're watching me, right? But really, not a lot of harm comes to you. Yeah, well, and it's so pervasive. It's and and what's interesting about data, like we all love analogies, and and I certainly would ascribe to that, but. There's a limit to how we can talk about data as an asset because it doesn't get consumed the same way typical assets do. Usually once you use it, it's gone. Data is not that case. You can kind of continue to replicate that data without limit. And that kind of throws a monkey wrench into some of the economics, right? Like it it, it really is a, a matter of like how many times does it replicate it and how much demand is there for that data? And, and is there... I think the question I want to ask you, being an expert in this space, you know, is there still a economic scarcity equation as it relates to data? Like, is some data more valuable because it has been replicated less or somebody who's otherwise offline most of the time? Like, how does that factor in in the real world when actual dollars are at play? So your your data actually deprecates over time. It's like if they see the same place you're going to over and over, let's take Facebook. Mm-hmm. If you go to Facebook over and over and over again, that becomes worth less and less money mm-hmm. because they've seen that you've been there. But let's say you're exploring the internet and all of a sudden you decide you want to research something else. Maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's cars and you're not a car buyer. That, that then brings up your value because it's a new source of aha. Now Anthony's interested in cars before he was interested in Facebook, but now he's off to buying a car. So there's a value to that 
there's a value to your obviously your medical data, your financial data, uh, all of which we, as I said, we don't touch. But so there's there's some deprecations going on all the time, and then there's other values that write up. Now the most valuable data that that we see right now is actually your location data. I had we had a, a, a another company that we talked to yesterday and they're in the data business and they didn't think it was that valuable. So I'm not sure why we see it valuable and our buyer sees it as so valuable. And this other company didn't see it as valuable. That I have not figured out. That's really interesting because I, I was just thinking, I, I in fact just did buy a car and I felt when I went out to try to find you know, price quotes on the cars that I, that I was considering, which the mistake was I did that for like three cars and then had this overwhelming response. Um, but I did one smart thing is that I had found an app on my phone that would allow me to use a temporary phone number. So all of that cavalcade of, of, um, inquiries that came back to me were using a number that I would then deactivate once I ended up buying the car. But I felt like a shooting star this whole time. Like I'm like, I didn't have any interest at all. And then I did. And then I figured it out over the course of a week or two. And then I was gone, like no more interest. And then like that moment of time, I could imagine as a data person, I'm like, I know how valuable I must be to those right parties. And as long as I connect to them, I can create a liquid market for my purchase and try to get the best price. And so I just, yeah, and just think if you could, if you could actually capture that moment when they're chasing you mm-hmm. and you could turn that into additional dollars. Right. I haven't figured out quite how to do that yet, but that's that's something that could come in the future. Like you could hit a button, go, I'm looking for a car. And when I buy the car, I'm actually getting paid some more money. Like, for instance, here's a perfect example. When you go to you see these ads for credit cards. Well, the guys behind the credit cards, if you see a list of like a nerd wallet or wallet, what I think it's for nerd wallet, mm-hmm. you see a list of the credit cards that, you know, you could you could get. Well, when you click on one of those, it takes you to the site. Guess what? That guy gets paid 150 bucks if you go ahead and sign up for that credit card. Uh, And so similarly, that kind of data translates into dollars. It starts small. It's it's uh, like for us, Mm -hmm. if you're a let's say you're a truck driver, that truck driving data, how that works is for every mile you drive, there is what we call an event, Mm -hmm. an event, maybe every two or three hundred feet in it kind of depends on your, your speed. It depends on your location. Do you have Wi-Fi? You don't have Wi-Fi. But like, for instance, a trucker, a trucker does a lot of miles. Well, his data may be worth 20 or $30 a month versus your data. If you drive from home to your office and it's only 11 miles away, it might be only worth 50 cents mm-hmm. because of the amount of data that you're, you're, you're actually putting out and the and the value of that to to the to the buyer and the buyer is not is is not particularly cons- disconcerting for or concerning about it now there may be places for instance let's say you're a trucker perfect example you're a trucker and you drive 12,000 miles a month maybe that's worth 30 bucks to you that's pretty good mm-hmm. for doing absolutely nothing but maybe it's even worth more if it turns out that Hospitals want to buy that because they want to be ready if something happens to the truckers, like there's an accident or something, and that that happens. So that becomes even more valuable data. And the way we look at it, it it belongs to you. Mm -hmm. So you should get paid. We should get a commission, but you should get paid for your data. And that's how I see it. 
That's interesting because like the the car example is a big purchase, right? Like, and that's that's a big transaction, and and the economics. I think to some extent we see all those kinds of services that help link you with dealers and and great prices and stuff. But what you're talking about here is fascinating because it it is like a, a microeconomics type of of play where you could, if you knew like where a person or a trucker for for your example is at a moment in time. If I am a, you know, something as simple as a coffee shop that has had a slow morning that wants to drum up some extra business, throwing some offers, you know, to those drivers that are coming through. I mean, that the, the, the potential for actually closing that kind of deal would be pretty high, I would imagine, compared to a lot of other advertising campaigns you could take on. And so, like, yeah. the numbers are small, but in aggregate, when you get a lot of people doing that, that, that could get really interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, it's it's kind of in the in the mind of, for instance, Google. They don't really want you to do that. They don't want to put those ads in front of you when you're driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we don't we don't yeah, put those yeah. ads in front. However, there's other ways that you know we can make money with with you. For instance, if you're on if you're browsing the web, mm-hmm. well, if if we're going to build a store, for instance, which is like an eBay store. Mm-hmm. So while you're browsing the web. You might decide, gee, I, I need to buy that lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll say, well, would you like to buy a lawnmower from, let's say, Amazon? We get paid a commission. Well, why don't we pay you part of that commission? That's the Ebates part. Yeah. So the way we see it is, I see it as you're, you have a digital value, and frankly, you should get paid for a digital value. And if I can help you and get a commission for that, then I kind of deserve it. Because yeah. there's no way you could do it on your own. So it takes companies like mine who are dedicated to guys like, you know, the rest of us. And I came from the standpoint of, well, this isn't fair. This isn't right. What, and, and believe me, Google knew immediately that they didn't like me. It wasn't but one hour. I was on the, on the uh, web and they didn't turn me. They didn't shoot me down. What they did is they just wouldn't let me advertise. Uh, it was yeah. immediately no advertising for you. And by the way, in, in the real estate business, they're my tenant. So insult on top of injury, they said, oh, we don't believe you're for real. And it's like, well, you just leased the building from me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. And it's and it's interesting, too, because like I think I've been thinking about like that, the trucking example with the obviously safety concern around shooting ads to a bunch of people while they're driving. I, I get that. But I'm also thinking about like. If you had a service that you could you could extract just from the person who was willing to share their information and their patterns, I think, get really interesting because now you're not selling them a cup of coffee on their drive. Now you could target them potentially with a campaign to say, hey, we noticed you're driving this way a lot. And if you were buying coffee every day and we were going to give you a sweeter reward system or free coffees or whatever, like now you're not talking about a $3 cup of coffee. You're talking about a long-term customer that could be spending, you know, a significant amount of money over time with you if you're able to land that customer. And that's all analytics driven. And I think that gets, you know, and that's just the simplest example we could come up with on the fly, like right now. And and like when I hadn't thought about it before. And so the, the, with a little thought, I can only imagine how, how deep that goes. Whereas like right now, the, the status quo is, oh, I'm willing to just give up some data to a Facebook because they'll let me look at pictures of my friend's kids like that. That feels right. like such a naive, like, you know, logical flow for me as a as a, a consumer of social media. I'm like, there's probably more value in it for the company selling it than there is for me in participating in it. So why not? Uh, absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you might as well, look, the way I say it is you're the product. If you're on the web, if you're not using a VPN, if you're not, you know, even using our secure browser, everybody knows what you're doing. Google knows exactly what you're doing and they're storing all that data. They're using it to make money and you're left out of the picture. And I look at that and go, gee, isn't there a better way of doing this? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to do. And there are others that are trying to do the same thing. It's in its embryo form. Yeah. It's it's not liked by the VCs. I don't know why they they won't tell you, but I'm you know I, I'm, you know I I look at them and go someday you'll get on board because it's, it's something that people really want. Um, then eventually you'll help us make it better for other for people. Meanwhile, I'll just do it on my own. That is really interesting because I think there is from my vantage point anyway, an increasing awareness that the general public has that A, their data is valuable and B, it's something worth protecting, you know, or, or at least controlling to, to some extent. And, and I've seen a couple things that give me some hope that maybe we will be successful in this where I've heard about things like this big, uh, blow up between Apple and Facebook around some of the tracking mechanisms. And I've seen, uh, even in the last month or two, it seems to see we're on this trend of, of evolving how even cookies work in browsers and, and maintaining that kind of, of fingerprinting of, of people and, and how the, the, um, website providers can identify some of that. What kind of trends are you seeing? Am, am I picking up on something that's real or am I just hitting the news? Absolutely. No, what's been going on in the industry is much more. There's a lot more yelling about privacy. And so, so the government has, you know, you notice that uh, it started with GDPR in Europe mm-hmm. and then it went to California. And now there's a law pending in New York. I don't know if it's been approved yet. There's uh, Nigeria's got a law. I mean, a lot of countries now have privacy laws. Mm-hmm. And the privacy laws basically say something like you need permission from that person to store that data and when they want to they want their data back you either erase it for them so you're gone you're no longer on their on their site um, or you give it back to them so somebody no one's ever asked us back for the data but somebody said i want to erase my data i think they were testing us and we're like Mm -hmm. sure we'll erase everything is about you on our servers because i believe in privacy i started my background was privacy when we built our private and secure browser I'm just saying to myself, well, and to others, well, if you can't be totally private, then, and if you should get paid, what's going on in the industry further is you're going to see a change. In fact, that's already happening in uh, iOS 14 for um, uh, Apple. They're, um, they, ha- they now have a consent rule. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get consent from your user to use their data. This used to be buried in the TOS, in the terms of service, and the user never knew that. And so their data, I mean, how many people know that, I don't mean to pick on Shazam, but it turns out when you're, you're Shazam, that one of my first meetings with, with one of our buyers of data, he was like, yeah, we take Shazam data and we monetize it for them. So all of a sudden the lights went on. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's what's happening to that data. That's why it's free, uh-huh. right? So, so Apple has decided to be more private. The question with Apple is, are they doing this for you, the user, or are they doing this for themselves? Because don't forget, they may be asking for consent 
for everybody else, but they can see everything that you're doing because you're on their phone. Everything that flows through their phone, your phone, they can see. Same with Android. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I don't know how to quite weigh that out. I do know that privacy is in the particular United States, and I would say worldwide, is becoming more concerning. Uh, but still, you, you, and so that what happens to that data? Well, it becomes more valuable. So they're actually creating more value for you mm-hmm. because you're having more rights to say yes or no to other people. Yeah. So what what advice do you have for the individual who is interested in becoming more in charge of their data? So you'll see I mean, it's going to be an automatic, so to speak, and particularly on iPhone and somewhat on Android, where they're going to be consents in front of you. I don't really know the outcome of when you don't consent, when you say no, I don't know if that means the app won't let you use it or they'll let you use it, but they're kind of stuck. And I've heard it across the board, Uh, but you'll have more control. And I think over time, what will happen as we get, you know, more into uh, blockchain, blockchain has huge potential to making everything very private where Mm -hmm. everything is stored on a blockchain right now. Blockchain just can't do it. it. There's not advanced enough to do that. That's probably the ultimate in privacy. But I would tell you that most people, it's it's kind of odd. If you ask somebody, are you really want to be private? And they'll tell you, yes, 80% would tell you, yes, I want to be private. And the next thing is, well, would you like to get paid for your data? It's like, well, I don't think I can be really private today. And And by the way, I don't think there'll ever be a situation where Google and uh, will ever tell you that, you can be totally private because as long as you're using their service, that's how they make money. So they're not going to say, yeah, sure. You can be private on here and we're not going to make any money and we'll still let you use it. That makes no business sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I I get like some of these big organizations that have made, you know, have become big because of people's data. Um, I mean, I could imagine a, a day where if you want to be private, now we're paying them real dollars for those services that we used to get for free by giving up our data. Um, that's probably yeah. not. Well, it's, it could happen. And, and, I, and the, I worry about the fact that if you get so private, right, and you say, I, I want to release no information, the companies can't make any money, right? And so now the Internet's got a big problem because everything has got to be paid for. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, let the, you know, let the, 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 I'll say the mundane stuff go through and get paid for it. And, and, you know, I, I look, I'm in the privacy business and I really don't worry about, about my data. I've never, nothing for me has ever happened. I'm not saying it's never happened to anybody else, but it's, mm-hmm. for me, it's not been a problem and I'm happy getting paid. Now it's not a lot of money that you get paid to start. And that's one of the issues around the business, but over time it will grow. Well, and it it feels at least like a more, I don't know, earnest or or more logically sound approach where if it's if I want to give up some of my privacy and share this data, then I should get compensated for it versus the I'm going to give up all this data and privacy. And if I want to then become private, then I need to pay more money myself. Like the economics are not like that doesn't feel right. Like that feels like that would that's opposite of what should have happened. So I, I at least appreciate that, you know, we're, we're trying to identify where, um, you know, organizations may have, you know, overly benefited at the expense of the individual. Um, 
and and hidden behind you know the the obfuscation hidden behind these kind of cloaks of like we don't really know what's happening to like your Shazam example it's like I never really understood that you know somebody was monetizing all of this or, or, or you know mining the the audio or yeah. whatever's happening right 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 that's exactly right and so you know as I said the way I look at it is we should be more open more democratic about it um, we talk about democracy a lot these days and I think it's one of the things that we can do. Uh, you can give your money away. For instance, you know, we'll have a we'll have, and some of my competitors already have it. We'll have it mm-hmm. where you can give your your money if you really don't want that money. You can give it to a nonprofit. You know, you can give it to getting a to putting another tree in, on Earth. You can do a lot of things with it. And I think that's kind of cool. And I think it's opening up. It is making people realize that their data is worth something. Mm-hmm. And and I think the that we need to change the industry. So that it is more open and and more inclusive, because right now it's being held by just a few big companies. Some of them you don't even know their names; you wouldn't recognize their names, and they're making tons of money. I, I don't hold anything against them, but I feel sorry for us, the users, that are just being left out. And it's like we don't need to be. And I I've proved that along with a couple other guys have proved doesn't have to be that way, mm-hmm. right? And it's very easy to use, like my app is about as easy to use. I mean, I'm proud of the fact that you can, if you're a long-term driver, if you drive a lot of miles, you can turn on our app. It works in the background. And and we, we how we pay, I don't believe in paying, although we will go to Bitcoin eventually, because mm-hmm. I like the idea that if you think you can make money off of Bitcoin or some other coin, and you want to take your money from us and go invest it, and I want to make it easy for you, I'm great with that. Otherwise, what we do is we pay you in cash. We, we put it in through PayPal and you end up with 10 bucks in your pocket. And, you you know, it's like, well, I found that money. Mm-hmm. And that's beer money. So obviously a lot's in flux right now. We we definitely feel like we're at this kind of turning point and, and a lot remains to be seen as to where it all ends up. But and I'm not going to hold you to any of this, but like. How do you think the next 10 or 20 years shake out? Like what what does that future look like of, of how data monetization evolves and, and some of this privacy and security stuff around around data? Where do you think it's heading? Well, it's kind of interesting. I think it's it's at a it's at a flex point in that will it be supported by people? If it's supported by people, it will flourish. Mm. If not supported by people or crushed by the big companies which they still have the ability to probably do to a certain point, uh, then, you know, you can stop talking about monetization because they want to crush you. And so right now the legislators want to talk to us. They want to know, oh, there's something in it for, for other people other than these giant companies. So I think there's, a, there's an opportunity here, but it, it's going to take, I'll say it's going to take the whole village. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be just me. It's going to take a lot of people saying, I'm signing up, uh, I want to make a profit um, in order for it to work. Because if you just say, yeah, it sounds interesting, but I'm not interested, it will die. And we're at that point right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think you're exactly right. I think there's a lot of details that are going to that could go a bunch of different ways. But I think that I mean, we've even had in the last several years, you know, foundational like 
you know, challenges to even how the internet is structured with, um, you know, the net neutrality debates and, and things like that. The nothing here is, is, you know, unshakable. Like there's a lot of question marks for a lot of these things. And, and you're obviously, you're deep in it and you are, you are at kind of the core of the internet and data and, and where a lot of this stuff happens. Are there any lessons? That might apply to those folks that are, are listening or watching that are in other industries or in just organizations big and small that, you know, may parallel this or that they may want to, um, you know, explore some data monetization concepts or, or something like that. Are there anything that's more like applicable from that standpoint? I'm just. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and listen, I'm the, we were on Clubhouse last night and mm. I was the guy, I wasn't that interested about, I'm kind of like, if you want to, you want to, talk about how I am. I'm more like the truck driver of the industry. Uh-huh. In other words, I'm I'm more about less about the technology and more about helping the people and helping people make money because I think well, it's that's the American way. We can help you make money, we can make money. It's it, it works really well. Mm-hmm. Um flash me again that that question. So I, I off a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking about how you're helping folks monetize their own data as individuals, but a lot of the folks out here are not going to be at the core of that internet business. How could they potentially take some of these lessons, apply it in in different industries? Gotcha, gotcha. So, for instance, uh, and I and this is what I pray people do. I pray people figure out instead of building something that it's a hundred percent the data, and they're having to ask permission. And I want people to realize what's going on now on iOS is you have to ask permission. And if the person says no, I'm not sure what happens. I'm not sure if you get the app, it works, it doesn't work, or it, it's denigrated, probably denigrated mm-hmm. from what the, the app would be. That gives all of us in the industry an opportunity to build something like we're building. Let's take, uh, let's take your, you're interested in traffic. Mm-hmm. Well, why not build a traffic um uh, app that instead of taking all that data and and because you're gonna you know, you have to get permission it's a lot more interesting or a lot easier to say to somebody hey um can I have your permission if I if I give you a piece of the action if you make some of the money mm-hmm. so here's a perfect example traffic instead of it all going to Waze or to in that case Google mm-hmm. why not say to the user hey in permission for giving me permission i'll give you a piece of the action that's where i want this to go if i had my druthers i would have a, a giant what do we call it, platform that had millions of these apps where that's exactly the exchange the exchange is permission and you get paid for that permission yeah that's where i think it should go and if people are interested in building apps that's what i encourage them to do is to get into what i call this new form which is, uh, I'm seriously interested in this for people, where the the exchange now is permission and I get paid for that permission. You know, it it really is like turning, you know, who is ostensibly your customer when you have a, a application like this. And and we call them their customer, but they're really the product most of the time. And what you're doing is you're evolving people from being the product to being a partner and being in business with you in a, in a limited capacity, sure, but but going to market together to then hit the real customers, which could be advertisers or could be other um, interested parties that, that find value in the data that's being created. And I think there's something – there's really something to that. And I think that's – a um, you know, I find it a useful, a useful way of looking at it, turning the, your, who should be your customer from, from being the product into a partner. I, I look for me, 
I am totally sold on it. I, I, I am so thrilled. I have, uh, for instance, in the trucking industry, I now have a, 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 a an influencer, woman influencer, and I am thrilled. She's my partner. She's going to make very nice money uh, uh, being an influencer for us. Mm. And, and I see for me, I, I may be a little different in the corporate world and maybe why VCs don't like me is because I really am about the customer. I'm really not about, I mean, sure, we all want to make a nice profit, but I don't mind giving back to my customer. I like, you know, like the REI, that's mm-hmm. a perfect example of a really great company where they care about their customers, they give you something back. If I was going to tell you a great model, the REI models are the best models in the world because they really are about their customers and not just about themselves. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and I've become such a fan and throughout my career of organizations that are truly driven by values and, you know, are earnest. And at the end of the day, like our, our lives, our careers, they're too short and it, they're way too short to spend a lot of time being in businesses that you can't be proud of. Like I'd, I'd much rather sleep well at night knowing that what I'm doing may help somebody and may, you know, is is fair to how things should be. I think there's so much, you know, good that can come from that. So I think that this is a, a really, it's an interesting business. It, it, it feels early days still, even though the internet's been around a long time now and data and, and monetization of that data has been around for a long time. Um, it still feels early days in, in what you're trying to do. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's very pioneer. Yeah. Very pioneer. I'll leave you with one thought, which is really interesting. So how I see life is like this. I have a bunch of friends, well, not a bunch. I have some friends that are billionaires, and I get to go to breakfast with them on a Saturday morning. And I'm always the guy to take out the garbage in my house. I've been taking out the garbage. I don't care how many thousands of millions of dollars. It's, you take out the garbage, Jeff. And I've been taking out the garbage. So I went to breakfast, mm-hmm. and I said to these guys, I mean, no one was – I was the poorest guy there. All the rest of the guys were worth hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars. Yeah. I said, okay, guys, how many guys take out the garbage? One other guy raised his hand. And I said to these guys, you're missing the joy of taking out the garbage. And they looked at me like, you're nuts. And I, and I've, no, it's, and I said, no, it's part of life. It's part of, of – I would t- if I was a billionaire, I'd still take out the garbage. I mean, I love the fact mm-hmm. that – what's his name? Uh, Berkshire Hathaway guy lives in a – you know, in a – just a regular house and he puts his pants on just like the rest of them. now you know maybe he gets in his bazillion dollar jet afterwards but i just like the idea of helping other people and them helping us i mean it's vice versa so somebody could build an app that instead of you know you just get permission you go permission and i'll pay you right that's the way i think the future should be and i think kids see that today i think we're more sharing type of of world and I and I even in being a capitalist, you can do that and still make lots of great money. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I'm building this whole model over that idea of sharing. Yeah, I mean that that, that words of wisdom. I mean that that is it is actionable and insightful, and and I hope. You know, everybody out there is is listening to this and and thinking about not only you know some of the topic at hand today around data monetization and how we might uh, play a role in that as individuals, but just broadly of of what's motivating what we're doing and how uh, you know how can we make that kind of, of influence and impact that that we need to make in in our career. So, Jeff, thank you for being on the show. This has been absolutely awesome. It's been great to be here and, and a fantastic opportunity to talk to people about monetization and how we can help each other.
Thank you so much. And thank you for watching or listening today. In the show notes, you'll find useful links and more information about today's topic. Follow Data Leadership Lessons on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Check out my book at dataleadershipbook.com and use promo code AugmanDL at the Dataversity Training Center for 20% off your first purchase. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact. 